This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the Jets Grit Per 60 podcast, RFA edition. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC, and I am joined from Gainesville. Hey, everyone. Uh, I'm Brendan, also known as TCJ. How are you? Not, not too bad. So there is some, some Jets news to talk about. Well, first, first, I just want to say we're recording on your birthday, so happy birthday. Yay. Copyright. Is, is, is okay. Anyway, so do you, you do want to get striked? Sorry, stricken, struck. Anyway, um, so we got Jets news to talk about actually a little bit. Um, so which one do you want to start with? Um, I guess Nikio, yeah, sure, because I think that one happened first, but uh, so. The Jets re-signed Sammy Niku. Also, I'm wrong. It happened after the other one. But uh, so the Jets have re-signed Sammy Niku for another two years. Um, yeah. He'll carry a 725,000 AAV. Yeah. It's just you know, it's it's there. It's he's there. A, yeah, he's a roster guy. Yeah, and uh, I think the interesting thing though is that I believe at this point Sammy Niku isn't waiver exempt anymore um so if they ever get to the point where they want to send him back down again because you know they just love doing that yo-yo act with them they have to risk like nobody else picking him up on waivers so uh that will be interesting yeah i i I mean this is about the deal that he was going to get i didn't think they were ready to move on from him but from what we've seen from him, like he was, he didn't, he hasn't earned that much other than, hey, we want you on the team. Here is a contract to play on our team. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be either on the bottom pairing or in the press box. You know, it's not like a, I mean, I'm glad that they're holding on to him. You know, uh, I still think that there is like talent there. He's, yeah, he's only 24, but it's also like at that point where it's like I don't know how much more progress you can make at that point, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and it's just, I wonder, like, uh, we don't really know what his ceiling is, right? Is he going to turn into anything more than a bottom pairing defenseman? Is he going to stick around in the? I don't even know if necessarily from what we've seen that he's an NHL caliber defenseman that he's going to be i think he i think the talent is there but the, the results have really not been that good while he's been on the team yeah the results haven't been great um but like i do think that he kind of gets sewered every time like he plays because mm-hmm. he's always either playing with someone who's just bad or barely plays at all if not yeah, both of those like things yeah yeah so it's like uh, hold up. I think I had the stats pulled up here somewhere. Yeah. So like last year, 
Sammy Niku played uh, a grand total of 14.2 minutes per game. Oh, that's actually higher than I thought it would be. Well, I mean, you can't play a defenseman for like 10 minutes or even less than that, right? Like, it's not like you're fourth line center or whatever, because then you're just putting on like a bunch of minutes on your other just as bad defenseman, right? Right. But, uh, you know, I've always, there's just something about Sammy Niki that makes me like, want to see him get more of a chance i don't like i feel like i don't know i don't know if it's just the whole thing that he was good in the ahl or that like he at least has some sort of offensive potential i feel um but th- that's all just eye test like the stats are not very kind to sammy eq no i mean and it's you you can watch the games and it's I don't know. Sometimes he, he looks like he's behind the play or he's chasing the puck or something like that. I don't, the, 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 I don't know how to analyze Sammy Niki's play other than it doesn't look very good. And the stats tend to back that up. Yeah. And like, that's fair. I'm just saying that I still feel like I'd rather have a Sammy Niki in the lineup than like a, you know, Lucas Biza or Oh, for sure. You know. But see, here's the thing. I mean, if you're going to put out a defenseman who's out of their depth anyway, put a defenseman in that can at least get better. Sammy yeah, Niku like, can get better. Lucas Biza is, is it's not good. I mean, you get bad and can improve. Yeah, like that was what I was going to say was that I really do wish that he had gotten some more games last year than, right. you know, being sat behind like Anthony Potato and Carl Dahlstrom and, you know, whatever. But, but again, like it, the frustrating thing is that I feel like even when he has played, he hasn't necessarily been put in great positions to succeed. Yeah. Either. Yeah. So I guess the question then is do you want to see him with like, a, a better partner, maybe a veteran presence, but a veteran presence that's good and not Lucas Sabiza. Or but I don't even remember who they had him playing with. But. Just remember, I feel like Lucas Sabiza is one of those classic examples of like, you know, nobody ever talks about the intangibles of good players. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'm, my question is, I guess, would you want to see him with um, Dylan DeMello, for example? I don't know. It's it's hard because, like, the Jets don't really have a guy you can really shelter him with. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, can you really shelter him if... Nathan you know, you? Yeah. Like, I just... I don't know. Or like, I guess I get, he's left-handed. So I guess Neil Pionk, but still it's just like, eh, I don't know. Mm. But yeah, it just, it just always felt like to me, like whenever he was in the lineup, it was like, okay, he's going to get 10 minutes with like bowl you on like the bottom pairing or something. I'd have to go back and look at who his most common uh, defensive partner was. But he's—I he's, guess he's just one of those players that's like 
not good, but I at least feel bad for him. And I guess the other thing is too, he got a haircut, so we don't even have that to root for. Oh, did he really? I think so. Because he had, I guess now had, yeah. he had like great flow. Yeah, his, uh, I'm looking at Hockey Viz and his most common partner last year was Dmitry Kulikov. And that was like, because he didn't really play until like mid-January and like February. I mean, I know he dealt with some injuries and stuff, but, um, you know, when you're, when you're only getting played, you know, 14 minutes a night with Dmitry Kulikov, like, I don't really yeah. know how well you can expect that to turn out. So I guess, but you know, the positive end is that maybe, um, maybe you put him, maybe he gets a better pairing, you know, this season and we get a better idea of what his actual talent level is because in the AHL, he did really well. So we know the talent is there. Yeah. I mean, we know that there's some semblance of talent there, uh, whether or not it's going to translate to the NHL level is another thing. Like this is really his last shot. I think at a, at a full-time spot with the jets. But it's going to be difficult because he's got a bunch of youngsters who are also left-handed right behind him. You know, with with Hanela and Sandberg, who yeah. are both left-handed. Well, and plus they have, you know, Forbert and Bolu too. So Hanela is the one that I'm really excited to, to see. Yeah, I mean, I'm I excited think, too, but, you know, we'll have to see. I mean, we'll have to wait. Fuck COVID. Hey, I mean, fuck COVID. I'm just, I'm just done at this point. Like, well, hey, like, you know, here in the state of Florida, like, we're, we're all done with it, you know. So we, you know, uh, it's just the way that viruses work. Like, you just get bored with them, and then like everything's fine. Look, I studied public health. You don't need to explain viruses to me. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like, come on. Honestly, like, it's really interesting seeing the divide between like coverage of covid in the u.s and in canada like i remember seeing um like the manitoba numbers like there was a thing that was like hey the manitoba numbers are gonna be really high today and it was like 480 cases or something which is really high for them and then i'm here in florida and it's like (laughs) yeah we reported five thousand cases today uh but but is that like per one hundred thousand? No, I think I, I think I was. I think I was just total. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I. I don't really like the, the raw totals because if I wanted the raw totals, I'd look at a population map. Fair, but uh, yeah, I, I was. I was but seeing so, that. I mean, yes, I was seeing that yesterday, and I was like, but I yeah. still imagine the, the Manitoba totals. If you look like per population, is still probably much lower than Florida's. Yeah, they uh they the Manitoba doubled their daily COVID nineteen record yesterday with four hundred eighty new cases. So, yeah, that's where we're at. Well, um, so we should get into we should get back to hockey. Yes, as yes. I'm I'm tired of one one last point on uh on on EQ real quick. Okay, he was almost like a point per game in the AHL last year. Yeah. So yeah, he had fourteen and eighteen with the moose i wonder if it's a like a pace of play thing at that point because a lot of times the the gap between one level and the next is just how much faster the nhl is compared to the ahl 
Um, and if you're a defenseman whose job it is to like move the puck, like Sammy DQ is good at doing, and you're not used to the pace of the NHL, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting that that uh, in his career in the AHL, he has 80 points in 114 games. So that's a point per game pace of 0.7 points per game. So okay. Again, there's some sort of offensive talent there. It's just whether or not that actually translates to the NHL. And honestly, like I feel like part of that might have to do with Paul Maurice, but I'm just, you know, I'm just going to leave yeah. that there. I'm just going to let that simmer. Yeah. Is Paul Maurice in the hot seat this season, do you think? I would think so. But like nobody in Edmonton, or not Edmonton, nobody in Winnipeg is ever on the hot seat. So, you know. I'm also going to let that center. So let's move on to the other RFA deal that we had this week. Uh, Our boy, uh, Jansen Harkins. Jansen Harkins. Yeah. So coming for you. Jansen Harkins was uh, re-signed by the Jets as well. So uh, that gives the Jets yet another forward option in their bottom six as if they needed a, another one again a not not a big money contract but also it's like this is kind of what harkins has earned and it's not this is it's the same well is it a little bit more than what nick you got it's not a whole lot sorry i'm, I'm still trying to i'm trying to find the details now i should oh, no, okay. it, it's, it's the same amount seven hundred twenty-five thousand. yeah we want you on our team this is what you've earned you've earned a roster spot type contract and that's about it. Um, I really like Jansen Harkins. And if he's a guy that you can put on your fourth line, why not? Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like he's definitely a guy that's in, you know, the competition to make the lineup next year. That being said, he is 23 years old. I just felt like you don't, you don't think he has a roster spot. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying that, like, it seems like a. Well, there was that weird stretch last year where after, I think it was after they acquired Eakin or whatever, that like Harkins was randomly in the press box for some reason. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that one. That was kind of a debacle. So uh, you know, when you look at Harkins' like chance creation, chance suppression numbers, he looks very, very good defensively, and like nothing offensively. Um, and I think part of that is just the way I think, cause he spent a lot of time on that fourth line. And I think the, the instructions they got were don't let the other team do anything. And that's your job. And he did that very well. I don't know if the shot creation numbers are necessarily a, not shot creation, chance creation type numbers are necessarily indicative of, his ability as a chance, it might be, but I do think there's something there where the style that that line played was to shut down, pin the pin the other team in their own zone, essentially, and they did that very well, and not necessarily instructions on, yeah, create something if you got it. Well, the other thing, though, was that he was one of the few guys last year in the playoffs to, to show some sign of life. Right. Like, yeah. 
that breakaway goal against Calgary was really nice. Hey-o. I'm just saying, you know, there weren't there weren't many playoff goals from uh from the Jets this year. So hey, maybe keep the one of the guys that actually did do that around. So I, I guess I'm a little bit higher on Jansen Harkins than I am on um, Niku. I know it's you know comparing defensemen and forwards are a little bit strange, but you know you've gotten this situation where they're both getting similar contracts. And they're both kind of in similar situations in their career. Um, I I just I like what I've seen from Harkins better. I think he you know the, the results are there to back up. Hey, this guy belongs in our team. Well, again, we're talking about a guy that spent six games with our Jacksonville Icemen, so hey, maybe, maybe we're a little biased. Duval, but like honestly, like Jansen Harkins has done really well at like every level that he's played at. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not I, I shouldn't say every. His junior stats are kind of whelming, but for whatever reason, like when he made it to the professional level, like he was doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. I mean, last year before getting called up, he was he had 31 points in 30 games with the Moose. Yeah, that's good. And then the year before that, he had 31 and 70 with the Moose as what I think like a 21 year old. Then, basically, I mean, yeah. like you know, as far as like your second season in professional hockey goes, I feel like that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he was also a point per game player with our Iceman. So, yeah, I want to see if they can move him up and down the lineup this season. I, I think it's interesting whenever you got players that you're like, yeah, we can play him on our fourth line, or we could also play him in our second or third line if we need to, and it's not a big deal. Like, there are players in that league where you can go, yeah, we can slide him up and down. I'd be interested in, to see if they could do that with, with Jansen Harkins. Yeah, I mean, of all the different call-ups that the Jets had to make last year, like, Harkins, even though he only played in, gosh, uh, not that many games, (laughs) you know, he seemed to me like one of the the better ones that they made. Yeah, he only played in 29 games last year, so maybe we need to pump the brakes a little bit. But he looked like he fit in last year. Yeah. Is he going to be an all-star? No. Should we see him on our top line regularly? Probably not. I wouldn't be opposed to it myself, but probably not. But I I like, I like the way he fits in on this team. Yeah. Plus we can have another uh, 2015 line. So is it 20? I think it was 2015. Yeah. 2015. Yeah. Let's do that. Well, if, mm, Ross Levick pending. Well, that's that's fair. That is it's definitely an interesting point you can make. But, I mean, I do think it's interesting, though. Well, first, that Harkins and Eki are in the same class as well. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking at it. And I decided to look back at the, the 2015 draft class. They have five NHLers ahead of that group. Yeah. Even even if they don't, you know, keep Rosovic, they're going to trade him for something that I would assume is also productive. Right. Well, but you're essentially trading his rights. 
So it's like, how much of a return do you get for someone's RFA rights? Well, right. But that's with the expectation that the other team is going to sign him. Yeah. So you're basically just trading the player at that point. If that makes sense, right? Yeah. But, you know, I think it's good, though, that we're... Well, I guess Harkins was a second-round pick. But I think it's good that, that we're talking about how, even years down the line, that you know we're talking about two players that the Jets drafted and developed and turned into, you know, death pieces, basically. So... So they sent a second round pick to Jacksonville. That sounds weird to me. Yeah, I, I don't. I would have to go back and look, but I'm also wondering if, like, because I wasn't really paying attention to was, the draft back then. I think it's, it was a rehab stint. No, it was just. I don't know. I'd have to go back and look. I guess a why he ended up in Jacksonville, no. but b like, I was looking at his junior stats, and they're not like they're not going to blow you away, right. like. Uh, 2015, 2014-15, he had 79 points in 70 games in the WHL, which is like pretty good. That's pretty good, I guess for for an 18 year old. But like his career wise, like, eh, eh. He was just under a point per game. He was he had like 0.88 points per game in the WHL, which isn't like super great for an NHLer. Right. Usually those guys are above a point per game. So anyway, I just felt like pointing that out like, hey, this is another 2015 guy that we're still talking about, um, you know, and maybe sort of as proof that the Jets are pretty good at developing these guys, but also since then the draft classes haven't been super great either. So, uh, eh. eh. Do you think he takes another step forward this season? I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. I don't know if there's too much. Hmm. I guess the step forward would be to create more offense. Right. I, I, the thing with Harkins to me is I'm not sure if he fits like that generic fourth, third line, you know, checking role forward sort of deal. Right. 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 Like, you know how like the coaches want their, you know, classic grit per 60 champions in on yeah. those bottom six lines so i don't know if they would really want to keep him around on the third or the fourth line Hmm. Um, as in like i don't know this is just sort of a thing that happens with young players in the league though is just that coaches don't trust them in depth uh roles so usually like you know if you're calling up some guy that you think that like their talent is offensively you might stick them with Shifley or Stastny or whatever, if that makes okay. sense. Right. Like, you know, when the Penguins call right. up some random guy from the HL and they stick them with Crosby. Yeah. Basically yeah. that. But I, you know, if there are no injuries, I just don't know if there's, you know, there's not really room for him in the top six unless someone gets hurt. Right. And that's also a good point, but I'm basically just saying that like, if they don't think that there's a good spot to play him, I don't know if he makes the team. If, if you know, uh, right? Like, I, I would rather have somebody else in the press box and keep, you know, Harkins playing in the AHL. But again, I, I think he, well, we don't know how the AHL is going to work. So I don't know if that's a spot. 
I don't hate having him on like the third line. Well then, all right, let's talk about something else here. Okay. And then as I was looking at daily face-offs line projections for the Jets and I was staring at Jack Roslevic on the fourth line, what is going to happen with Jack Roslevic? Um, is the fact that he's the last RFA to be signed for the Jets merely a coincidence or is there something else there? Discuss. <laughs> Discuss. Thanks, A-level exams. Yeah. Um, I don't... I don't know. I mean, I guess you've got... It, it would all depend on what kind of... Like, how big of a contract Jack Roslovic is looking for. If he thinks he can get paid more... I mean, essentially, they've got Brian Little's IR money to spend, right? That's essentially the, the cap space that they've got left, I think. Yeah, basically. Is... Is he going to take a contract that's, you know, what is it, $4 million? $5 million? Or does he think he can get paid more elsewhere? Well, he doesn't really have any sort of leverage because he's still an RFA, though. Well, but right. But if he does, but he can just decide not to sign a contract. I mean, he can, but that is also just like. You can say, trade me. I don't want to be here. Yeah. I mean, I guess so. But. Which is kind of the situation. It's a little, it's a little different for someone like Roslovic doing that compared to like when William Nylander did it or Mitch Marner threatened to do it, right? Like the Jets can be like, cool. We have like seventeen billion forwards to play. Yeah, you know, screw you. So I don't really think that Roslovic has any sort of leverage here to demand more money. Unless he just doesn't want to be here, which is possible. There's that, but I don't really know if that's the case. Well, that's that sounds to be like it wasn't there similar noise from from Roslovic's camp that we got from Lionel's camp that it'd be mutually beneficial if they parted ways. Or am I making that up? You might be making that up. I don't know. Yeah. So I was looking at Evolving Wilds contract projections and they have them at two years for 2.826 million which seems about right to me yeah that would make sense and then we, we still would have some room but you don't really want to spend that money because that's ir money and if brian little brian little's got four years left on that deal so if he can't play this year maybe in the future they might need to use some of that money I yeah, know. I don't know. We'll see about that. But my thought is that if your forwards are at the point where Jack Rosovic is on your fourth line. Spenceful? Yeah. No, he's not going to be on the fourth line. I'm just saying. Yeah, on the third line. Yeah, I know. But like, if you're at that point and your defense is that bad, <laughs> someone in the forward group has to go. Are you saying we trade Rosovic? Yeah, I, I guess I am. Yes. Right, like, I like it, but uh, you got to uh, move the more someone. I think about it, the more I'm on board with this plan. You got to move someone. I I know, but he's he's very good. I don't know if he is though. His on ice numbers aren't that great, and if you can bite, if you can get someone to bite on that, I think it's worth it. Okay, 
What's a reasonable return for Jack Rossovic? Oh, I mean, I would imagine it would be like a forward defenseman swap. Like, right. The Jets aren't going to trade Roslovic for futures. I don't know. I always think of the Hurricanes whenever I think of like, okay, what teams have a wealth of defensemen that would be okay with swapping one for a forward? You know, I I didn't get that far to the point where I was thinking of more (laughs) of like, okay, now who would the Jets get in return? But I'm just saying Mm. that like, you know, if you're re-signing Harkins, right, and you still got a guy like Mason Appleton there and you're probably not going to be able to move Matthew Perot's contract. You could probably bite the bullet and keep Appleton on the third line and move Roslovic. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not, not opposed to that. Whether or not like the fact that Roslovic hasn't been signed yet is, is part of this whole sort of like, okay, should the Jets move him argument? Yeah, I'm I'm looking at the it's still clear that like the Jets need to move a forward of some kind. And I would really like for that to not be Patrick Line. Do do we want I'm looking at um the Hurricanes roster on cap friendly and I'm is Hayden Flurry good? I mean he he's kind of gotten buried in Carolina. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't do a Rosovic Flurry swap, is that if that's what you're asking. Mm. Right, but is he somewhat? Does he improve the defense? Does he improve the Jets' defense? I mean, I don't really think so. Hmm. I don't see very many players like Brett Pesci. Maybe I don't think so. Yeah, Pesci would be too expensive for them. See, that's what I'm saying. Is that like I don't? I don't really know. I don't really know who the trade would be for, but. Right, like the Jets aren't going to trade, you know, Kyle Connor. They're not going to trade, you know, uh, Nikolai Ellers. Because nope. remember, he's secretly their best forward, not named Mark Shifley. <laughs> you know, and no one's going to take Blake Wheeler's contract. Plus, Blake Wheeler is precious and the captain. Like, that's not happening. Yeah. And like, God forbid, like the Jets move Patrick Line, unless it's for <laughs> you know the sun, the moon, and the stars. Well, that yeah, I don't. I think there's a little bit of a disconnect between what Line is worth and what. Well, I guess that's not the disconnect. The disconnect is what the Jets would be asking for and what the Jets would be able to receive for Patrick Line. Right, but then that leaves you with Jack Roslovic. You know, so I, I see a scenario where he's the odd man out. Is what I'm saying. I don't know. Anyway, that's what I was thinking about this week. Yeah. Um, and it seems like whenever you do like the whole armchair GM thing, that like, like I remember when Marat was asking for trade suggestions, and a lot of them were just Roslovic for insert defenseman here. If that makes sense. Yeah, I'm just I'm coming up with. With blanks, I'm not sure which defenseman would be on on the market. Yeah, I don't know. It's a really weird time where like we're not even sure what the season's going to look like. We're not sure what division we're going to be in. We're not sure about a whole lot of things. And so I would imagine it's very hard to work a trade right now because I think well, 
I'm wondering if some people are, you know, on vacation or something, but probably, um, you know, and, and some guys are playing in Europe right now. Um, but it's just a very weird time. And I think we're also just kind of at a lull with, with trade talks right now. Like I think everyone got back together for free agency. And then a couple of days afterwards, everyone just kind of moved on and then we'll revisit everything when the season is about to start sort of deal. Right. Like Mike Hoffman is still unsigned. <laughs> yeah. But I've heard he's not, he's not, a, not a good locker room guy. Yeah, there is that whole thing with his wife and Eric Carlson's wife. Um, but you know, like that's that's what I was just saying. That was that like he's still there on the market. I mean, I feel like it just kind of tells you how everything stands in the NHL right now. Mm. But anyway, like we were talking about who could, you know, if Harkins can make the NHL roster and if you know if you, don't, yes. if you don't feel like giving him only 10 minutes a night or whatever you can just send him down to the HL well like I mean you could right but we don't really know like we know when the AHL is going to start but we don't know how it's going to work with the Canadian teams so I don't really know if that's even a possibility hmm yeah well like, I mean, aren't they looking at a February start? And if the NHL yeah. is looking at a January start, that's really really only about a month where you would have of that gap. Yeah, but I'm just saying, though, that, like, is that even going to be a thing where you can just, like, call team or call players to and from the AHL, right? I don't know. Right? Like, not all the Canadian NHL teams have Canadian AHL teams. Well, that's, yeah, that's a problem. And also, like, if you're bubbling, well, I guess if you're bubbling, like, the rosters are going to be bigger. But still, like, even if the rosters are bigger, that's, so there's still a chance that, like, Harkins just sits there and does nothing or whatever insert prospect here. You know, there's just a lot of uncertainty right now, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's fair. But hey, the ECHL is starting in December, so yes. there's that. Come come down to Florida and watch the Jacksonville Iceman. Actually, don't. Don't do that. Also, if you're in Canada, I don't know how you would get oh, yeah. there. Yeah, if you're in Canada, good luck. <laughs> um, I so say to my that. mostly Canadian audience, I'm assuming. Yeah, I was going to say, like the, the only two Icemen that mean anything to me are Jansen Harkins and Mikhail Berdine. Birdman. We should, we should get him on the pod. I don't know. He's too busy uh, playing in Russia right now. Body checking people behind the net. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, just as long as he doesn't kick anyone. Well, that's not entirely off the table now, is it? <laughs> but hey, he's got a 917 save percentage through 11 games with uh, SKA St. Petersburg. So it's pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good. Though I think SKA St. Petersburg is pretty good. But then again, I feel like every KHL, KHL team starts with SKA, and I just assume that all of them are good. Yeah. I don't know. The KHL is weird. European hockey is a weird territory. 
the uh, the World Juniors this year could be very interesting because uh, you know the big time prospects aren't going to be held up by their NHL teams because it's going to happen before the NHL season starts. Yeah. Right. Like Betty... there, there's a chance that uh, Lafreniere could be playing in the, in the WJC again. Yeah. Cole Perfetti. Cole Perfetti got the uh, camp invite, I believe. Yeah. There you go. Like, correctly, yeah, yeah it, it could be, uh, it could be very interesting by very interesting. I mean, Canada could just like destroy everybody this year. Well, but we say that every year. Yeah, but it's kind of and different. Happens. It's kind of different when like Canada can just, you know, like they Canada just has a stupid amount of depth. Like no matter the age, yes, we say level. that every year. Yes, but when you're able to take like some of your best players from last year anyway, and then stack them on yeah. your best players from this year, nobody is at a greater advantage there mm. than freaking Canada. Freaking Canada, man. But uh, yeah, you got anything else you want to talk about? Not particularly, no. Cool. All right. So you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Gripper60Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at BeFarrell727. You can follow TC on Twitter at TC underscore 904. And don't forget to follow all of our friends at the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, thank you for listening and have a good one. Hello, hello, hockey fans. My name is Nick Berlansky, host of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. My co-host, Nick Horwat and I talk all things Pittsburgh Penguins, from top news to game analysis and other unconventional hockey talk. We've got you covered. A team in the playoffs or in the play-in round won the first overall pick, and I wanted to throw my phone clear across this plane. <laughs> Nope, nope, it, he yes? will. Yeah, see, there's your he hot will. take, got it. Where That's is? my hot take. <laughs> he will be a Hockey Hall of Famer, if not possibly first ballot Hall of Famer. That was just awful officiating, and who who was this this scrub that was officiating? Let me let me look it up real quick. Mark Rashi, <laughs> something like that? Oh, oh, Recky. I just, I just wanted to see him booming it from blue line to blue line, being the lines. That's all I wanted to see. Very few general managers have those type of players, let alone three players that you can easily say, if I don't trade them, my team will be better. So all I have to do is not make a move. And I get that's a foreign concept for Jim Rutherford, but you just don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. You don't do that. (laughs) New episodes every Monday. Tune in at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcast from. And let's go Pens. Since 1999, CoolHockey.com has been the number one online source for purchasing and customizing officially licensed NHL hockey jerseys in North America. They ensure every product that leaves their doors is done to the exact specifications of the NHLPA. Since they don't outsource jerseys for customization like their competitors, they're able to offer the best quality, pricing, and delivery time on all of their products. If you're a fan of the Winnipeg Jets, they have what you need to support your team. If you take our word for it, then go to www.coolhockey.com THPN and use our promo code THPN for 30% off.